Here's a five-foot-two package from home, Judy Garland. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Next year all our troubles will be out of sight. President Roosevelt said in a statement today that the Japanese have attacked the Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, from the air. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked. Hey everyone, this is Mindy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Old Time Radio. Next in our Judy Garland series is her appearance on the Chase and Sanborn Hour, otherwise known as the Charlie McCarthy Show. Broadcast on December 7th, 1941, Judy, along with Abbott and Costello, were already scheduled to appear on this program. They are on Fort Ord, which is a military base near Monterey, California. No one is unaware of what has happened at Pearl Harbor earlier that day, but it was decided that the show must go on. And I think what we're seeing here is the early stages of the, the entertainment industry's legendary morale-boosting efforts. To me, this was also an interesting time. Other generations look back on this era and they hear about radio and how important it was to the American public. They think of the fireside chats, FDR's legendary radio addresses to the American public, and how important that was for morale. They think of Edward R. Murrow reporting from London for nine months during the German Blitz. And then Eleanor Roosevelt, I, I found it so interesting and appropriate that she addressed the nation before Franklin Roosevelt did. And that was because the night of December 7th, she also had a scheduled radio program, but modified the beginning to give them encouragement and a personal note of saying that she also had children in the military and that she recognized that anxiety and fear would be dominant in this upcoming war that was now inevitable but that she believed so strongly that there was nothing that this country couldn't do. It was just an encouraging moment, and I actually wanted to share a clip of that. Again, Eleanor Roosevelt, a radio broadcast on the night of December 7th, 1941. We must go about our daily business more determined than ever to do the ordinary things as well as we can. And when we find a way to do anything more in our communities to help others, to build morale, to give a feeling of security, we must do it. Whatever is asked of us, I am sure we can accomplish it. We are the free and unconquerable people of the United States of America. So as you can hear, it was a stirring, impassioned speech to America that this would be a great challenge, but also a great opportunity to serve the country in any way that they could. I thought this was another great illustration of how important radio became in this era. And then for Judy, uh, something that doesn't get widely publicized, probably because it also happened that day, 
was she was made an honorary corporal in the first medical regiment company h then recognition of her building morale and touring to entertain the troops and her ongoing support so that was a really nice honor and i'm sure a particularly emotional one and on a personal note my great great uncle his name was paul bork he was a tall handsome very funny and incredibly intelligent man he was stationed in Pearl Harbor during the attacks. He would tell me stories that I now wish I could hear again as an adult because then I would have more context and knowledge to ask more questions. And he said that he was very honored to be a part of that. And he was very impressed to see what became instant chaos and fear turn into purpose and heroism in such a quick amount of time. Anytime this subject comes up, I always think of my, my Uncle Paul and certainly uh, certainly appreciate and cherish those memories that he shared. So, on any other date, the combination of Bergen-McCarthy, Abbott, Costello, and Judy Garland would be incredible. But putting it in the context of Pearl Harbor and the war effort, it all comes together into an, an important 30 minutes of entertainment that I hope you enjoy. 1941 ended up being a very busy year for Judy, and we've discussed this in previous shows. Uh, She embarked on her first marriage to David Rose. She was also made an honorary corporal by the soldiers at Fort Ord, California, and that was in recognition of her many appearances in military bases entertaining the troops. 1941 also saw the release of Life Begins for Andy Hardy, which was another Mickey Rooney collaboration. And then there was Zigfield Girl. Now, I had never heard of this movie before doing the Judy Garland series, and I'm so thankful that I was aware of what the movie was when I saw it pop up on the uh, cable schedule. So I was able to record that and finally watch it over the summer. I am just still in love with it. It's so visually entertaining because you have these absolutely stunning women, this fantastic cast of actors, and they're wearing these ridiculous costumes that some of them, they can't walk in them. They're (laughs) pretty much just propped up almost like mannequins because they're so ridiculously complex, but they're also... The whole kind of way the story plays out, the characters... At times it feels superficial and silly, but there's this weight underneath all of it, and that's a credit to everyone in the movie. There are some dramatic moments, and I guess for me I was just surprised, thinking that I was getting one movie and it ended up being something completely different. Then you have these wonderfully complex um, kind of dance and song numbers. Judy, of course, plays a big role in that. And something I loved was there was, in the beginning... Judy was being coached by her father and to sing in this vaudeville style and blow the back seats away with this voice. And then the producers of the Zigfield show were saying that they didn't like that and they, they just weren't feeling her and she wasn't with, it, I guess, the sophistication that they were looking for. She was coached to sing in a more restrained voice and it comes out so beautiful and rich and mature. And what I loved about that was that's Judy. That's both main styles that she sings in. And you can find that actually in the song that she sings in this show that you're about to hear. She again sings Zing with the Strings of My Heart. And it starts off with that sultry, low register, longing voice. 
And then she ramps it up into this crazy energy. And it's just this fast, fun song. And it's like having two fantastic singers, two different styles of singing, and two different moods wrapped up into the same song. And I just thought it was kind of interesting to see her kind of play that out dramatically in a movie, but then also being able to kind of bank on that in real life. It's just, it gave me yet again another appreciation of how talented a singer she really was. Something also interesting I thought was James Stewart was in there, and I'm a huge fan of, I've always called him Jimmy. I know he's credited as James Stewart, but it was always Jimmy whenever I've gushed about him in the past uh, with other people. But this was his last role before he went off to serve in World War II. And he was out of acting for five years and would come back to film It's a Wonderful Life. So kind of keep that in mind if you watch Sigfield Girl. And also, it's kind of a nice plug for my good friend Stacy's upcoming Jimmy Stewart or James Stewart series of radio appearances. It will be kind of a similar format to what we do here at the Judy Show. And she's really got a good list of shows coming up. She's going to do a great job with that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely look out for Stacy's Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart series or however she wants to address them. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, this is right in the middle of World War II, so the show starts with a reminder that there would be news bulletins should anything pressing come up. Halfway through, there is a news update. And what I like about listening to these shows from that era is you get this entertainment and you get this history. For me, it helps me connect to the people who were living this and turning on their favorite shows. You, you turn into escape but you never really truly escape because you're always reminded of the war and that's necessary because it affected everyone. And for me, it makes the show so dynamic to the point of where it almost feels like you're there listening to it for the first time. I hope you enjoy yet another appearance by Judy Garland on The Charlie McCarthy Show, circa 1941. Ladies and gentlemen, we will interrupt all programs to give you latest news bullets. Stay tuned for this station. Makers of Chase and Sanborn Coffee, the blend that's friendship in a cup, present, direct from Uncle Sam's great army camp at Fort Ord, California, Edgar Bergen, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, Ray Noble and his orchestra, our guest, the star of Metro Goldwyn Mayer's Babes on Broadway, Judy Garland, and Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> Charlie. Now, just a minute, Bergen, just a minute. Now, before we start this fricas here, I have a very important message for the 30,000 men here at Fort Ord. Yes, you have. Yeah. Well, what is this important message? Well, just to show you what kind of a guy I am, fellas, I got a little address book here, see, and it's just dripping with phone numbers, eh? They're all beautiful and lonesome, see? I'm so tired of it all. Does anybody want it? Oh, oh I lost it. <laughs> Charlie, these men are giving all their time and their thought to Uncle Sam. Yeah. Yes. And they're so busy with their work, why, they forget about girls. Yeah? Yes. You mean to say they've forgotten about girls? Yes, Charlie. Looks like some of them have awful good memories. 
Well, that's the wrong attitude, Charlie. Well, how do you know? Why, Charlie, when I was in the army... Oh, don't give us that stuff, Barry. <laughs> I'll never forget what my general said to me. Yeah. Let's leave General Grant out of this. Or... <laughs> what did you ever do in the army? Well, I was considered a very good marksman in my day. Yeah? Marksman? Yes. <laughs> You? Yes. You couldn't bring a rather down from a meat hook. Now, wait. <laughs> well, I wish you could have seen me out on the target range this afternoon. Yeah? Yes. I saw you. Oh, you did? That spoils it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I must say you weren't at home on the range, buddy. Is that so? Yeah. All right, if you know so much about it, what kind of a score did you make out on the rifle range today? Well, I, uh... Uh, you want to know? Yes, I would. Oh. Well, I didn't... I, I must admit, I, I didn't do as good as I expected to. But then again, maybe I didn't expect to. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? I, I don't think my bullets were trying. Oh, now, wait. <laughs> Never mind the description. Just give me your score. The score, that's all. The score, huh? Yes. Yeah. Well, my score was... Um, it was one. One. Yeah. One what? One Mortimer. One Mortimer? Yeah. <laughs> now, Charlie, don't tell me. I'm afraid I did. That you shot Mortimer Snurk? Well, I was, I was, uh... I want the truth, Charlie. Well, I didn't exactly shoot him, no. You see, I was showing the men how efficient their weapon was at a slingshot. Oh, I see. Very good, the slingshot. Yes. And Mortimer sort of volunteered. He volunteered? Well... Let's say he got in the way. He got in the way. I see. So help me, Bergen, I didn't know my slingshot was loaded. No, no. I didn't see the pebble in it. Yes. Well, now, where did you hit Mortimer with this slingshot? Well, in the stomach. In the stomach? Yeah. Sort of pop luck. Yes. <laughs> well, now, that's pretty serious, young man. So you hit him in the stomach. Well, and you did it deliberately? No, sir. It was an accident. Oh, that's better. I was aiming at his head. Well, now, where did... <laughs> Well, was Mortimer hurt? I don't know. Well, did he cry? No, he didn't cry. Oh, he didn't cry? No, he, he just sort of, just sort of sagged to the ground. Oh, I see. I hope it was just a seasonal slump. Yes, I do, too. Well, uh, was, he, uh, was he unconscious, Charlie? Unconscious? Yes. I don't know. You don't know? Well, you see, with Mortimer, it's impossible to tell. Oh, I see. Well, where is he now? Oh, he's outside hanging around. Well, bring him in. I want to see if he's all right. Okay, I'll get him for you. You can talk to him. Oh, Marty. Marty. Want to see me, Mr. Bergen? Yes, yes. It's Charlie told me that there was a little accident out on the target range. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, Mortimer? Huh? I say, how do you feel? Uh, me? Yes, you. Uh, uh, well, uh, I got an awful headache in my stomach. Oh, you have. Yeah. Well, uh, you must be a little more careful on that target range. Well, I didn't think they could hit me. Well, why not? Well, I'm out of season. <laughs> That's enough of that, Mortimer. Now, tell me what happened. Well, you see, it was this way, Mr. Bergen. Yes. I I bent over to tie my shoelace. Yes. And that's when Charlie let me have it. Oh, I see. (laughs) I thought he hit you in the stomach. Well, he sort of hit me in the stomach when my back was turned. Oh, I see. 
There you go. There you go. Well, I hope you're not seriously injured. I will. Uh, hmm? I am. Uh, I say, I hope you're not seriously injured. Oh, no, no. Well, I'm all right. Well, that's good. In a couple of days, I'll be sitting pretty again. <laughs> with us again. And here's a tip for starting each day right in tune with the season. Darling, breakfast ready. So am I. Good morning, Mr. Zine, my dear. The chase and Sanborn coffee's here. It's friendship in a cup, my dear. A oh, very good, good morning, morning to you. Well, now, let's see. 365 days times four cups of coffee times 50 years. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm figuring out how many times I'm going to have a cup of this good coffee. Mmm, yes. It's Chase and Sanborn. Super rich. I know it is. That's why I'm adding them up. Delicious? It's the next step better than delicious. Right, and the price is thrifty, too. Ah, swell. You know I run into Chase and Sanborn coffee downtown a lot. At the good hotels and restaurants and clubs. Yep, more and more of them are serving it all the time. Folks, get Chase and Sanborn, the super rich blend. Drip or regular grind, it's a, a cup, cup of coffee, coffee that seems to say a very good morning to you. From the 1st of January to the last of December, holidays and all, Western coffee lovers get the true spirit of Christmas the whole year round in Chase and Sanborn coffee. It's super rich, as full of flavor as pudding full of plums. Fragrant, delicious, it's more than coffee. It's friendship in a cup, and it's always roaster fresh in the modern vacuum can. Roasted right here in the West, it goes into that modern container at the supreme flavor moment. No air or dampness can mar its goodness. It's vacuum sealed for your pleasure. This week, get a supply. A two or three pound can or the one pound size, they're all reasonable. And the holiday flavor, the very spirit of Christmas, is yours every time you pour it. Get holiday coffee the year round. True friendship in a cup. Buy Chase and Sanborn coffee. Say, Ray Noble. Well, I'll let you in on a little rib. Yeah. I've got Costello believing that they're going to keep him here at Fort Ord. <laughs> and that I've been ordered by the Army to give him an examination. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, hey, Lola! Where? Uh, hey, Dad! That's him now, Ray. Hey, Judy Garland! All right, all right, never mind. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm going to be a soldier. Hey, Abbott, you know, I came from a family of fighters. My grandfather was in a Boston Tea Party. The Boston Tea Party? Yeah, he brought the lemon. No, 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 come on. You mean he didn't fight? 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 Yes. He challenged the enemy to a duel. Then he called the seconds. He yelled, Joe, Max, Mike, Tom, Dick, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Wait a minute, Costello. How many seconds did your grandfather have? Sixty. He was a minute man. No, no. Come on, behave. But in the Battle of Bunker Hill, they accused him of running away before the battle began. Did he run away? No. He just wanted to get a good start when a general said, Charge! Charge! <laughs> Look, cut out the monkey business. You're in the army. Hey, Abbott. What? Didn't you tell me that the colonel was the big boss around here in camp? Certainly. Then how come that other guy has his name on all the doors? What other guy? Some guy named Private Keep Out. Oh, come on. <laughs> Please, talk sense, and let's get on with your examination. Hey, look, what's your name? Are you kidding? 
Well, it's... Uh... Lou Costello, you dope. You know that. Well, I know that. I've got to fill out this blank here. Now, let's see. Name, Lou Costello. Yeah. Home? One night a week. No, 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 no. <laughs> Look, where did you come from? Patterson. Patterson? Okay. No, Patterson and Jay. No, no, no. All right, all right. Patterson and Jay. Uh, married? Yes, sir. Uh, child? No, to a full-grown woman. No, you don't understand. <laughs> I mean, have you any children? Yeah, we got four children. Eeny, Meeny, Marnie, and Wilbur. <laughs> Wilbur? Why, why Wilbur? We didn't want any more. Oh, <laughs> Let's get this blank filled out. Will you please? Yeah, let's get it. Now, will you listen to me, please? Go ahead. All let's... Right, let's see the next question here. Oh, yes. Uh, born? Sure I was born. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. What did you do? Win me in a package of Cracker Jack? No, no. <laughs> I mean, what day were you born? I know it wasn't New Year's Eve. Now, how do you know that? Oh, oh. catch me staying home on New Year's Eve. No, no. <laughs> Look, Costello, how old are you? Well, I'd have been 24 in October, but for one thing. And what's that? I was born in December. All right, all right. Now, let's get it straight. Now, if it was in December, then you were born under Capricorn, the goat. Born under a goat? Well... Where do you think we lived? In a stockyard? No, no, no. I, I don't get personal, Abbott. Right, My family's listening in. Listen, I didn't mean it that way. I mean the sign of the goat. Now, according to the Zodiac, you were born under a sign. Well, according to my old man, I was born in a hospital. All right, we can... Please... <laughs> Have you had any fighting experience? Yes, sir. I was in a tongue war. A tongue war? I had a fight with two Icemen. No, no, come on. <laughs> Have you had any military experience? Oh, I've had a lot of military experience. Uh, when was it? I used to go around with a campfire girl. Now, look, look, look. Let's, let's get into I that. don't get that one myself. I don't get it. No, don't, don't make sense to me at all. Let's look into your physical How is your physical condition? That's me. Now, turn... Oh, excuse me. Yeah, all right. All right. All right, now turn around. I had the wrong line. All right, come on. Let's look it over now. Let's, let's be, be a little careful about this thing, all right? Yes. Turn around. Say, you're a little corpulent. You mean I'm promoted already? No, no. You know, she... How long will it take me to make a sergeant? No, 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 no. Let's, Someday you know... I may be a Kaplan. Will you keep quiet, please? I may wind up into a second Lululululul. All right. Now, let's get on with the examination. Now, uh, how are your eyes? Now, oh, come fine, on. Fine. All right, open your eyes wide. Wider than that? Yes. No, no, no. Don't squint. Now, look at my eyes. My eyes are as big as saucers. And right under them, you'll have cups to match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I look as well as you do. In fact, Weller. Weller? Yeah. What kind of English is that? Weller. Mm. Now, Abbott, you can talk gooder than that. All right. <laughs> look, forget, forget that stuff. Now, we'll see how good your eyes are. Now, there's a chart over there on the wall. You see it over there? Now, please... Where's the chart? Over there on the wall. Is that a chart? Yes. Look like tapestry. No, no, never mind. Now, please read the first couple of lines. Okay. All right. E-L-X-Y-S-K-I. Yes. Next line. Next line. J-U-P-A-Z-S-K-I. Why, Costello, that's wonderful, marvelous. That was easy. I know the people. People? What people? That's the backfield for Notre Dame. Oh, well. <laughs> well, your eyes are all right. Now, uh, how about your teeth? My teeth are perfect. They are, eh? Well, open your mouth. Wait, wait a minute. What do you mean your teeth are perfect? I just saw some of them slip. I was afraid of that. You caught me with my bridges down there. <laughs> You'll have to go to see the army dentist. I can't do that. I just came from the army dentist. He pulled out a tooth. 
Were you under anything when he extracted the tooth? I wasn't when we started, but when we finished, I was under the sink. All right, Costello. <laughs> you must have been under some uh, opiate. Were you under ether? I wasn't under ether or either. Listen, listen. Suppose I want to make a report about this to the commanding officer. What will I tell him you were under? Tell him I'm underpaid. No, no. <laughs> what did the dentist <laughs> Let's get this straight. Will you please, Costello? What did the dentist give you to make you unconscious? I don't need anything to make me unconscious. Well, that I know. Will you look? Will you be sensible? Did the dentist ask you if you wanted gas? Yeah. And uh, what did you say? I told him to check my oil, too. Well, look. What I'm trying to find out is this. Did he give you gas to put you to sleep? How do you think he put me to sleep? With a bedtime story? Oh, no, you dumb clock. What did he give you for an anesthetic? Yeah, but I'm telling you, I didn't have an anesthetic. I had a toothache. Costello, please. What did the dentist give you so you would feel, wouldn't feel the pain? That's what I want to know. Nothing. I'm narcotic to dentists. You mean allergic. I mean narcotic. I, a narcotic is a dope. That's what I was for going for the guy. All right. <laughs> but I got even with him. You did? I let him pull the wrong tooth. The wrong tooth? <laughs> Why didn't you tell the man which tooth hurt? Why should I tell him? I'm no stool pigeon. <laughs> Costello, look. It's a good thing I was only kidding about this examination about you for the army and all that, because you'll never make a soldier as long as you live. I won't, eh? No. Well, Abbott, I'll have you know that I'm the bravest man at camp. This morning, I saved the life of every soldier here at Fort Ord. You saved the Every life I saved at you Fort Ord. Let's get this for you. Just saved... this morning, I saved them lives. You saved the life of every soldier here at Fort Ord? Sure. How? I shot the cook. No. <laughs> a bulletin from Shanghai. The Japanese Army and Navy surrounded the international settlement at 4.40 a.m. today and served notice on the commander of the U.S. gunboat Wake that war had been declared. And from San Jose, Costa Rica. Costa Rica declared war on Japan tonight. The other Latin American nations are expected to follow, so keep tuned to this station for further developments. We return you now to Hollywood. United States Defense Savings Bonds and Stamps. Yes, that's page 47 here. It's 47. That's it right there. <laughs> what are you doing, Charlie? Oh, I'm just looking up superlatives to describe you, my darling Garland. <laughs> I'm looking up here in, in Rogic's Rog, uh, Fedori book. What? Yeah, no, no, Charlie. Rogic's Ignoramuses. <laughs> yeah. Rogic's Thesaurus. Oh, yeah, Rogic's Dictionary. Uh, hey, let's see here, Garland. Uh, 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 Garland is a loop, see? Did you know that? Yeah. A garland is a loop, and a loop is a circle, and I'm getting dizzy over you, Judy. Haunted me from the start. Something inside of me started a symphony. With the strings of my heart, was like a rhapsody 
Forget business comes first. Yeah, that's right, Charlie. Yeah, business comes And we promised to get this order out by this evening, you know. Yes, we did that. We did. We did Mm -hmm. that. Yes, we did. Yes. We've got to get some new customers, too. Yes, we've got to get customers. That's right. Business is business. Yes. Yes, business is business. Yes. What do you mean, you business and business here? Huh? What are you kids talking about? Haven't you heard there yet? No. Well, Judy and I have started a Christmas shopping service. Oh. That's right, Mr. Bergen. Yeah. We're Santa Claus's helpers, Inc. Inky, that's us. <laughs> Give him our motto, Judy, huh? All right. If the Christmas rush makes you nervous and moody, take all of your troubles to Charlie and Judy. There you are. Mr. Bergen, how about you throwing a little business our way, huh? Yeah, what about it, huh? Well. Around this time of the year, Judy and I could use a little, uh, you know, extra monier. <laughs> you know, that monier? Yeah. Monier? Yeah, monier, yeah. Very scarce stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Monier, that's what it is. Uh, Monier. Yeah, you know, it's uh, better known as laughing lettuce. Laughing lettuce. <laughs> Happy cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, but what can you folks do for me, though? Well, we can do anything. We can do your shopping or mail your packages mm-hmm. and save you the trouble of standing in line at the post office. Oh, well, now, 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 you've got something there. Uh, do you have a wrapping service? Yeah, yes, we have that, too. Yeah, yes. We handle any package. 
Unless it takes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's very interesting, but, but what about uh, trimming my tree? Oh, we'll trim your tree. We'll trim your house. Even trim the occupants. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I talk too much. Yes. Yeah. And we have an alteration department, too. Alteration department? Now, what in the world is that for? Well, you buy the gifts and we alter the price tags. Oh, I see. That ought to appeal to you, Bergen. All right. <laughs> You better make it snappy, too. We expect an awful little rush, you know, business now between now and Christmas. You're anticipating big business. Yeah, we, we expect to be open eight and ten days a week at the rate we're going. <laughs> yeah, you better hurry up, Mr. Bergen. Sure. There's going to be an awful lot of confusion around our place. Oh, yes, it's a mess, yes. <laughs> uh, Do you get the packages mixed up? Oh, goodness, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, we'll have enough gifts left over to take care of all of our friends. You know. <laughs> Well, your wrapping service interests me. Uh, what do you charge uh, to wrap a package? Uh, ten cents. How much does the paper cost? Ten cents. Well, you can't make any money that way. Well, confidentially, Barry, we show a small profit on the string. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can do your shopping for you, too, Mr. Bergen. We know where the sales are. I see. Well, we can cut your expenses 50%. Is that so? That's almost half. It is. If I'm not mistaken, and I think I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you think you could make my money go any farther? Oh, yes, and faster, too. Well, I believe that, yes. <laughs> we specialize in that. Yeah. Well, I think you're very ambitious young people, and I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pass this word around and see if I can send you some business. Yeah, and don't forget, we also have a baby-minding service for shoppers. Baby-minding? Yes. We call it the McCarthy and Garland Baby Bureau. Yeah? We have a slogan for that, too. Yeah. Let us hold your baby while you change presents. <laughs> or vice versa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we uh, we sing them lullabies. We play patty cake. Uh-huh. We even count their pinkies if you care for that sort of thing. Well, I personally wouldn't care. No, for that. no, no. Yes, we not only that, but we we bottle them and we bathe them too. You bathe them? Yeah. Every morning we bathe them from top to bo- uh, from uh, stem to st- uh, <laughs> from beginning to uh, we just dunk them we dunk them <laughs> and we do splash them around. Yeah. <laughs> we have special rates for movie-minded mothers. Yeah, we have that too. Yeah, that's good. That's In fine. case any mothers want to go see a picture, we take care of the children. Yeah, and we have a special prize too for those who go to see. Look who's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's all very interesting. Yeah, but we need more business. Oh. Say, Charlie, what about Ray Noble? Is he a friend of yours? Uh, not specially, no. Let's go to work on him. <laughs> oh, Mr. Noble! Noble! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Noble. Yeah. We've been friends for a long time. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Charlie. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a little bit short myself today. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mr. Noble, are you aware of our boon to the Yuletide shoppers? Oh, Wrapping and unwrapping packages? And babies? Yeah. Mm. No, not babies. Yeah. Have you got a baby that you want us to watch? <laughs> well, Charles, uh, uh, there's a baby waiting for me down at Biff's. <laughs> I prefer to watch her myself. <laughs> oh! <laughs> she won't be there when you get there. <laughs> well, Charlie, maybe Mr. Noble would be interested in our shopping service. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, that is something really, and let us talk that up a little yes. bit. I'll tell you what, it's my turn anyhow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We could buy your Christmas present for you, Mr. Noble. How's that? Oh, thanks awfully, yes. Of course, I haven't yet decided what I'm going to give myself. Oh, now, wait a minute. Well, how about a smoking jacket? Well, really, Julia, I don't know. I never smoked one. Oh, Oh, get get it. Yeah, just wasting our time. That's all we're doing. I think so, too, Charlie. Just wasting our time. Look, maybe we better just concentrate on the boys. Well, what boys? 
Well, you see, we have a special service for our servicemen. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, we watch out for this one. How does it work? <laughs> well, we write to their sweethearts for them. Uh, we even take their sweethearts out for them. Oh, yes. <laughs> we'll visit their families for them? Yeah. Yes, well, I think the boys would prefer to do that, all, all that sort of thing themselves. Yeah? It doesn't sound very practical. Oh, but it is. It's really nice. It's very efficient, too. Let's show them how we do it, Judy, huh? All right. Let's now, Charlie's now. a soldier coming home on his furlough, yeah. and I'm, I'm the mother. You're the mother, yes. yes. That's right. See, I'm coming home, yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, yes. Hello, Mater. Mm. Oh, so it's you. How did you get here so fast? Boy, you certainly have aged since last just tremolo right through it. <laughs> well, I tell you, Mater, I came in a tank, Mater. A tank? Yes. You know, one of those four-oared sedans. <laughs> my, you certainly look dirty. You're all full of soot. Yes. Well, you see, my job is to swab out the cannons. <laughs> and speaking of cannon, that reminds me, where's Father? <laughs> He's outside knitting. Oh. Did you get that last pair of socks he knit for you? Yes, I did, yes. I'm using them for laundry bags. <laughs> now, my boy, there's something I want to ask you. In all your letters, you told me how much you like working for Uncle Sam, but how do you like his wife? Well, she says uh, she... <laughs> his wife? Who's that? Anti-aircraft. <laughs> Oh, she's awful nice, too. You, uh, how do you think I look, Major, though? Oh. Picked up a little? Yes, you look all right, Sam. Thank you. I'm a little disappointed in you, though. Disappointed? Why? Mm -hmm. You've been in the service for three weeks, and you're still a private. Well, what did you expect? Well, I, I thought when you came home, you'd have some kind of fancy decoration on your arm. Oh, I did have. I did have. But she left me a Del Monte. On... <laughs> Pot has kept mighty busy at this season of the year. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, supper, and when friends drop in between meals. If it's good coffee, people can't get enough. Yes, there's always a hearty welcome for Chase and Sanborn, a truly great coffee. It's coffee for the West in the Christmas tradition, with an abundance of super-rich, friendly flavors. Yes, Roaster Fresh Chase and Sanborn coffee is just what you've always wanted. Superb coffee, Roaster Fresh in the modern vacuum can. Experts in our big Western roasting ovens bring out all its rich goodness. Then promptly, at the height of its flavor, it goes into the vacuum can. And there, safely sealed away from all air and dampness, it remains at its best. Roaster fresh for you always. And what's more, the price is thrifty. Get a big two or three pound vacuum can the next time you buy coffee. Or take the one pound size, all reasonably priced. Enjoy holiday coffee every day. Drip for regular grind for real friendship in a cup. Put in a supply of Chase and Sanborn coffee. Join us again next Sunday, won't you, when Charlie's guest will be Lana Turner. And in the meantime, don't forget, every time you say Chase and Sanborn, please, to your grocer, you're saying thank you to us. This is Buddy Twist saying goodnight for the makers of Chase and Sanborn. The broadcast is presented to the entertainment of the personnel of Fort California and does not constitute a commercial product endorsement by the War Department. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. KFI Los Angeles. Meet the most delightful family that ever stepped out of America.